Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I've never come up when it was so quiet. <laughs> okay, this is the formula. You have a problem. No guilt for having a problem, no problem with having a problem, but the formula is we all have problems. Pastor Foreman used to say either you have a problem, you are a problem, or you live with a problem. <laughs> but there's no condemnation because you have a problem, but the formula is that when I have a problem, I come to Jesus Christ. The problem encourages me to go in that direction. When Jesus solves the problem, it teaches me that there is no problem that he cannot face, which is the title of this whole series. And every time he solves a problem for me, I learn more and more about him. So what then happens is I begin to praise him. I begin to worship him. What frustrates the devil when that happens is he says, I gave these Christians problems and still they worship God. Come on, give him a hand of praise. Still they worship him. I can't figure him out. See, he expects because that's his nature. It's like when a, a witch through witchcraft comes to you, they expect you, they ask you uh, what your sign is, what were you born under. They expect you to act a certain way. But when you're born again, you don't act that way. You are renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So here again, the problem leads me to Christ. I praise him and then I learn that God is a God of love and God is more powerful than any problem I face. Give him another hand of praise. <clears throat> so tonight, we look at the final sermon in this series and it's titled, Trust in Me. That's what God wants. And the word trust in the Bible means to lean on something or someone. Don't balance yourself on one leg so that if they move, you're still balanced is to let all your weight go and lean on him. So much so that if he moved, you'd fall. Trust in me, Jesus says. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. We haven't seen God the Father. When Philip said to Jesus, show us the Father, Jesus said, Philip, have I been with you so long and still you do not know the Father? I and the Father are one. He who has seen me has seen the Father. If it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't even understand anything about God. But Jesus came to reveal who God is. So tonight we're going to look at this sermon, Trust in Me. And our verse for tonight is in John chapter 14, verse 1. That says, Jesus said this to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. We could end the service tonight and everyone could go home. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let a problem overwhelm you. Trust in God, trust also in me. I found this about problems, if you'll look at this. No matter what your problem is, don't nurse it, don't curse it, don't rehearse it, just give it to God and he will reverse it. Come on. You may call it a problem, you may call it a difficulty, you may call it a complication, you may see it as a challenge, but let's face it. We all have problems of one sort or another. <coughs> Excuse me, some we caused, some just showed up at our door and decided to stay. Some came as we reached different stages in our life. As we aged, 
our problems changed. What we thought were challenges when we were younger, as we look back, were really only distractions. We've matured and we have learned. Whatever size wrapping they come in, they are still called problems. <clears throat> if you accepted Jesus and you were told once you accept him, you will never have any problems, you were probably in Disneyland when they told you that, and you were in fantasy land. How many recognize that when you became a Christian, you got more problems? Why? Because God can solve all those problems. Problems don't affect God. I said to you earlier in this series, don't look at your God through your problem because that makes your God small. Look at your problem through God's eyes. That makes your problem small. Jesus is able to take our problems and turn them into blessings if we let him. He is able to take our problems and turn them into a blessing. How? Well, if we knew how, we'd be God and, and people would worship us. We'll never know how, we just know he can do it. When we give him our problems, they develop within us wisdom, strength, and character. How many could use any one of those? So can I. It is all dependent upon what we allow him to do with the complication. When you give God a problem, don't hang on to it and get in a tug of war with him or try to take it back. Okay, you got till Friday to bring me a woman that would be my wife. If you don't do that, I'm not gonna go to church anymore. <laughs> that is not giving God a problem. It's saying, God, the problem's overwhelming, but I trust you. So, how can you trust someone you've never seen? How can you trust someone you can't talk to face to face? How can you trust someone if you're not aware of what he's able to do? Jesus made sure that we had everything about God in him written down in a book called the Bible, the Word of God. The more you read this, the more you become aware and cognizant of what God can do. So when a problem comes, it's like you're saying, bring it on. Bring it on, because this is just another opportunity for my God to show me how powerful he is. The difficulties we encounter, though, are not always easily resolved. Anyone know that? It may be one of our children. It may be our spouse. It may be a job we asked for. It may be a purchase we made. It may be our own health. Either way, we cannot just get rid of it. So what do we do then? Well, the first thing we learned is don't nurse it. That's my problem. Then you go and tell everybody about your problem. You talk less about God and more about your problem. And as soon as you come around, people start heading in another direction. Your face or your name comes on their phone, they go, no, 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 no. Because that's all you do is nurse your problem. Don't nurse it. You were created to have joy. Give God a hand of praise. So if something takes away your joy, you've got a problem. You were created to have joy. I used to tease Kurt Foreman. I used to say to him, you have so much joy 
that if you were in hell, the devil would probably say, you got to go. You got to get out because nothing bothers you. Because Kurt would go, come on, is that as hot as you can make it? Come on. <laughs> and that's Kurt's disposition. He doesn't, God doesn't want us to nurse anything. When you nurse a problem, you've claimed it as your own. It doesn't belong to you. It came from Satan, so give it back to him or turn this problem around and let God turn it into a blessing. No, I can't do that. Yes, you can. God is not bothered when you give him your problem. It doesn't bother him. Oh, no, I don't want to bother God. It doesn't bother him. He doesn't get overwhelmed because you bring him a problem. But, and I've taught my wife this. I was talking to her about this the other night. I will only accept what God has given to me. If God has not given it to me, it's not mine, so I don't want it. It doesn't matter what it is or where it came from, I only receive what God has given to me. So if something arises, I just say, that's not my problem. That's Satan's problem. I'm not gonna start claiming it, I'm not gonna nurse it, I'm not gonna start having uh, crying sessions about it. No longer go, on a, go about explaining to everyone what your difficulty is. I'll tell you something. No one really cares. It's true. When people say, how you doing, and you start to tell them, they'll walk away. Because no one really cares. Everyone's got their own life to live. But explain to them how your God can turn your dire situation into something beneficial. No, no, no. <laughs> I better try that again. Accept only what God has given to you. No longer go about explaining to everyone what your difficulty is. Explain to them how your God can turn your dire situation into something beneficial. The devil gave it to you, God turns it around, and it becomes, instead of a stumbling block, it becomes a stepping stone. Don't nurse the problem. Nurture the potential found only in your Savior, Jesus Christ. Your eyes should only be focused on him, not on the devil and what he does. This is what you need to speak to your mind. <clears throat> Excuse me, nothing is impossible with God. Somebody say amen. amen. Nothing is. He loves me, I don't claim the problem, and I speak in faith what I need my God to do for me. That's what you have to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if you don't do that, your problem is going to be an enduring problem. It's going to stick around for a long time. You have to, I taught you this, speak to your mountain and cast it into the sea and it will be moved. Talk to that problem and tell it, you're not my problem. I don't want you. Get out of my house. You have to say that. God said he can. I believe he can. That settles it. So we learn don't nurse it, now we say don't curse it. When we face a continuous onslaught of difficulties, we can lose faith in God's ability to provide a way out, and we can begin to believe that he doesn't care. We can start to look at other opportunities to make it, or even to take matters into our own hands. Oftentimes, even God's children will speak to a statue or to a saint. They will pay a fortune teller or a psychic to give them some hope. They can even become bitter 
and begin to speak wrong things. Why pray to the stars when you can speak to the creator of the stars? <clears throat> we don't need to curse. We need to praise. Man, how long have you had that problem? What problem? That's not my problem. That's God's problem. It's his. I want to get you to a point, because I know you have problems, that instead of claiming them, I want you to get rid of them. You're not supposed to have them. They're not there to beat you down. God is not interested in making his children suffer. We need to concentrate on what he's able to do. How do I know what he's able to do? He took the children of Israel across the Red Sea on dry land. He was there in the lion's den with Daniel, and the lions didn't even touch Daniel. When the three Hebrew children went into the fiery furnace with Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar said, didn't we send three men in there? Yes, I see a fourth one, and he looks like the son of God. And then when he said to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to come out, they didn't even smell like smoke. Their eyebrows, their hair was not singed, and the rope was no longer around their hands. You don't know how God's going to do it. You don't know what God's going to do. You don't tell him what you need him to do. You just tell him, I don't want this problem anymore. It's not mine. I don't claim it. How many of you can do that? We don't rehearse it. To rehearse your problem is to go over it again and again mentally. It is to describe to others how bad you have it. That's what's happening. That's what a lot of people like to do with the phone. They like to complain. Stop the whining. Stop the complaining. Start praising. It is to recount in your conversations over and over again how rough it is. And then you blame yourself. You married her, you married him, and that's all you do is talk about how bad it is. Don't do that. That's what Satan wants you. That's how you stay stuck. God is saying to you, praise me, worship me, claim what I can do, then you'll see how situations will change. Come on, church, don't patty cake. If you're going to clap, clap. <clears throat> to recount your conversations over and over again, how rough it is, this is not acting in faith. It's living in fear. Don't hide God underneath your problem. Move the problem out of the way. I don't know anyone that doesn't have problems. All of us do. I've had problems, I have a problem, or I'm going to have problems. A man called the church. They gave it to me. He cussed me out. And he wanted to talk about God. But he cussed me out. It wasn't too long before I got him to calm down and we're looking at the Bible. You call yourself a Christian and you're talking like that? I even asked him, what's wrong with you? Either you're one or the other. Now you want to get me to act like you, and I'm not going to do that. I have too much faith in God that God has built up in me over all these years. This didn't happen overnight. So when you come up for prayer and you want to share your problem with me, sometimes I want to say, hey, you're asking me to pray. Why don't you come up and tell me what God can do, and I'll pray with you. 
Somebody that's come up, every single time they see me and ask me to pray, I say, this time you pray. You pray, and I'll agree with you in prayer. And they go, Pastor, that's a problem. Why? I really don't know how to pray. I go, you just figured that out? I've realized that. You don't know how to pray. Prayer is talking to God. And some of you, this is a reproof, not a rebuke. Some of you don't do that. And guess who gets praise when you complain and you whine? Satan. That's why he knows he doesn't have to do anything because you become an ineffective soldier for Jesus Christ because you're sticking around his territory instead of kicking him out and bringing the warrior Jesus Christ into your home. There's a woman by the name of Meg Selig. She says in her book, Misery Maker Number Three, and there's 10 of them, thinking that mistakes, setbacks, and failures doom you for life. They don't. Get to a point where you tell the devil, bring it on. I've been here before. I learned. I learned that when I was sick, God is a healer. I learned that when I was scared, God gives me grace and strength. I learned that God can turn darkness into light. You become a praise. You become a different warrior. You become someone that's powerful for God. And Jesus says to you, the battle's not yours. It's the Lord's. So don't beat yourself up. I should see you walking in confidence. You should walk like you know who you are, where you're going, and where you came from. That's the way you should walk. There's certain things that now that you're a child of God, you don't allow anymore. Homie, don't play that game, you got to tell people. Because you're a different person. Accept it. Live like it. You're a different person. Greater is the one that's in you than the one that's in the world. Come on, church. Greater. And Meg said, misery maker number 10 is thinking that you have to do it all yourself. You don't. You don't have to do anything by yourself. You died and became born again, and Jesus wrote your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. You have a reservation in heaven. When are you gonna start living like you're in heaven? Why are you still walking around in that? Why are you still playing in the devil's background, in his playground? Get out of there. So. Get away from people who give you problems. I know somebody heard that. Get away from them. Get away from people who bring you problems. It's not your problem. Give it to God. Because there's people, how many realize God has his children on this earth? You better realize that because you're looking at him in this room. But if God has his children, Satan has his children. They're the ones on your job who make it miserable for you, who slander your name, who tell lies about you, who say that you didn't show up on time, who make mistakes and point out that it was you. There's those people that that's what they get up to do. But what happens is when you begin praising God, you don't have to fight that person. Just start praising God. Just start glorifying your God. Just start worshiping your God. And God will put that person down. God will remove them from your presence. 
I'll say again, the battle is not yours, it's his. Give him a hand of praise. <clears throat> so don't ignore who God is. Get into his word and build up your faith. Get on your knees and by his power, command that problem to be cast into the sea. I'll say it again, it's not your problem. Say that with me. It's not my problem. Say it again. It's not my problem. Aren't you gonna help me? It's not my problem. I hate you, that's not my problem either. <laughs> it's not my problem. Well, I thought you were a Christian. I am. Well, you're supposed to do this. You're not my God. God tells me what to do. So if God didn't give it to you, don't accept it. Pastor Mike doesn't take what God has not given him. You heard me, guys, when they said, Pastor Mike, you don't think she's fine? I said, yeah, she's fine, but she's not mine. <laughs> so I'm not going out, I'm not touching that. So you find something, you know that's not yours. What are you messing with it for? It's not yours, leave it alone. Reject it, don't accept it, and stop talking about your problem and looking for pity. Because no one has time to give you pity. It's my pity party and I'll cry if I want to. <laughs> my cow has gone dry and my chickens won't lay and I'm busted. You even sang that by Ray Charles. Don't sing those songs. Talk about God's power and create an atmosphere of praise. Come on. See what you're doing right now? That is what Christians do. Christians create an atmosphere of praise. I could, I could win this world for Christ with three either two women and a man or two men and a woman, just three people who literally believe in God, than I could with hundreds of thousands who complain all the time. You notice your knees bend? Bend them and get down on them. <laughs> bend them and get down on them. Lift your hands up. Pray to God. God, I just want to let you know that I know that you already know what I'm going to talk about because he already does know what you're talking about. And then finally, give it to God, He'll, he will reverse it. Give it to him. Why do we hesitate to give God our problems? He can handle the pressure, he can handle the finances, he can handle the sickness, he can handle the pain, nothing is impossible for him. But this is what he wants you to learn and to proclaim. God loves you, and if you never had a problem, you wouldn't know that he could solve them. This is why you learn to thank God in the problem, not for the problem. Satan gets confused when he puts problems in your life and you praise God. You're supposed to be cursing, you're supposed to be mad. Then he knows you're ineffective. But when you begin to praise God, and it's amazing that in America, we have to ask people to praise God. Come on, raise your hands. Come on, clap your hands. Come on, sing the song. We think, we think everything's a concert. 
that, no, you're supposed to entertain me. I came here tonight, I want to sit down, and, and you play the music and entertain me. People will even come up and say, you didn't do anything for me tonight. I wasn't doing this for you. You came here for him, not for me. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you mean? Well, I don't go to Pastor Mike anymore. He didn't do anything for me. And you still haven't changed. Come over to the God side. Come over to the God side. Come over to the God side. Walk on over to the light. Get into an attitude of praise and don't just stand there watching. Raise your hands. Clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. 